Welcome to Life Distilled. Here we explore the world of craft spirits and introduce you to the people and products that are making this world a better place, one small batch at a time. It is Zen and the art of micro distillation, your window into craft culture and your connection to the makers, creators, achievers, and thought leaders who are charting a path forward, cocktail in hand. This is Life Distilled. Welcome to another episode of Life Distilled. We're here at Solar Spirits with Chris Lapp and Danny Watt, uh, assistant distiller here at Solar Spirits. Chris is one of the owners. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Yeah. Happy yeah. holidays and all that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy holidays. We're here the uh, couple of days before Christmas, and uh, we're going to get into the holiday spirit with some craft spirits from Solar Spirits. Yeah. See what these guys got going on. Do some tasting, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so the the first thing we like to start out with really is, um, you know, how did how did you get into this? How did you start? How did you come to start Solar Spirits? Solar Spirits is a really cool story. Uh, it came from a, a startup event, uh, entrepreneurial event, where people come and they bring an idea that they have for a new business or a new product. They build a business plan around it. They pitch it in front of judges. And, and hopefully after that weekend, they go and... Uh, you know, take that experience they learned in that 48-hour binge and then uh, launch real, real business. And so uh, the idea of Solar Spirits came from this event and a bunch of people who didn't know each other, that didn't have any background in distilling or the craft industry, formed formed a team and then made it a business. And uh, that was about, boy, about four years ago now. And we've been open here to the public for a little over two years now. So now there's five of us owners that None of us knew each other beforehand. Uh, none of us had been prior distillers, uh, you know, anything like that, and just kind of bootstrapped this thing from the start and learned as we went. And, and uh, now we kind of say we're Solar Spirits 2.0 in a sense. You know, we've we've gone through kind of the their learning phases, and now we think we have a you know a pretty polished product, a good business plan, and um, you know, out there winning awards and trying to get in front of people. So when you were at the business plan competition, was how did you arrive at a uh, distillery as, was that something that somebody brought to yeah, the table? Yeah, somebody had the idea. They just said, you know, uh, interested in distilling, wanted to make some products, and then wanted to add the solar aspect of it. And so that's where we kind of have taken it to uh, another level where we do a lot of uh, kind of, I don't know, engineering on our own where we, where we utilize and integrate uh, solar equipment into our distillation process. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So we're here in Richland, Washington, Tri Cities, <laughs> and yeah. um, plenty of sun, right? Plenty of sun. So our, yeah, our uh, our solar systems running running year round. <coughs> yeah, come on in, guys. We're just doing some fun fight. What's going on? Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> got some guest tasting rooms open today. Of course, if anybody wants to come out and do some sampling, of course. Yeah. Come on in. in. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we just we we can pretty much utilize our system all year round. We heat all the water we use here for making mash or any other products for you know, cleaning everything, and then we also have a hot oil system that we run hot oil through that system to heat up as well. If we want to do uh, higher temperature type things or uh, quicker distillations versus you know water, which caps at a certain temperature level, whereas gotcha. the oil doesn't, it can yeah. get to like 400 degrees versus 160 or whatever. So, so just even to to <clears throat> get people a little on page and and um, dig into that a little deeper. So anybody that's doing distillation, running the still needs heat, right? Yeah. So they're heating up mm -hmm. their equipment yeah. in order to boil the. Yeah. You, you got, you got it. You got it. Whatever, whatever, whatever you're making, you know, you have a, 
a base bowl of, of liquid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, you have to heat that to start the distillation process. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we've integrated our, our solar system into actually doing the distillation where again, we can run hot oil in there at 400 degrees through some, um, like our jacketed stills. And that, that starts the, the distillation process much faster than, you know, just base water that you either have to start f- uh, heating from electricity or even just running from our system starting at 160. So we just have a few different options and it's a little quicker and it doesn't require that we use electricity, uh, which is kind of our goal to, you know, do more of the green, right? green technology and green business practices. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was really excited when uh, I first got turned on to you guys, that you were integrating all that and that yeah. Solar Spirits wasn't just a, a play on living in the high desert. Right. It was actually uh, that you guys had done something different. And we were talking before about how you guys kind of make that part of your game plan to try to do different things that other people aren't doing. Yeah, and, and it's not even, you know, <clears throat> we don't just put uh, panels on our roof to try and, you know, we don't just do that. I mean, we actually use the stuff for our, our production, not right. just, you know turning on the lights here and using you know, solar panels. Yeah, so they're not photovoltaic, so you're not generating electricity, you're actually heating yep. up water or yep. oil, running yep. it through your still to be the heating, mm-hmm. uh, to create yep. the heat for the distillation process. Uh-huh. That's super cool, man, super yeah. cool. As we were talking a little bit uh, before we get into the products that you guys have, you know, we were talking before also, you guys, some of the other things that you're doing as far as green, you're making a lot of use of waste products and mm-hmm. trying to find new ways to integrate other people's waste products into your process to make actual products that have value Mm -hmm. downstream. Um, Here in the Tri-Cities area, the Columbia Mm -hmm. area, there's a lot of wineries, also fruit orchards and things, and you're making use of the local economy. And the really cool thing about that is is, uh, uh, when you're talking about waste, you know, when they make wine and they crush the grapes, they're still left over with the pumice and and uh, you know the I guess the shell of the grape. And, and a lot of time they either have to pay or, or find a way to dispose of that. But we can just take that at, for free basically, and we can turn that into grappa, you know, various types of grappa or brandy with like the cherries and different any any fruit really. And, and a lot of times it's it's getting the products that maybe are a little split or aren't the certain grade that they use for grocery stores from a parent standpoint. But for for us. Appearance doesn't matter, you know. We're just right. trying to get the flavors and the juices out of it. So, it's it's a really cool kind of business model as far as making, you know, aged products, which is kind of the real big trend right now is getting aged products. So we can, you know, take waste stuff and turn it into something really good and really cool. Um, and then it's also cool for those places too. You know, we like to promote that we're using, you know, their their local, you know, fruits and everything like that. And so then they kind of feel like they have a little attachment and and what we're making since we're using their products actually. Absolutely. So it, it kind of makes a good story for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just kind of closing a lot of loops yep. and, and creating an ecosystem, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of missing in a lot of business production oriented businesses. Is yeah. And when, and when Dan comes back, I'll have him go through that, the reverse osmosis stuff that we're doing with in collaboration with WSU and some other wineries, because again, I, I think some of that stuff, it's from a, from a science standpoint, it's, it's really cool. And the, you know, the, the techie people really kind of dig in and, and, and love that kind of story and, and what we're doing with that. Yeah. Well, one of the big themes for us with this show is is just trying to expose people and introduce people to, you know, what the value proposition that you guys are offering. Because I think there's a lot of people, my sister-in-law and I were just talking about this this morning, that there's a group of people out in the world now that are really interested in aligning their purchases, their lifestyle style with a set of values. And so she was saying, you know, I, I, there's a cool store in Bend that I like to go to and every yeah. product in there has has a certain set of values, a value proposition that oh, wow. they're trying to 
promote. So like one company might like give a dollar to helping sure. dogs or, or whatever. And, uh, so a lot of the, what we try to do with the show is, is when we go and meet folks like yourself or mm -hmm. introduce new companies and, and things is to try to kind of glean out, like, you know, what is it that solar's doing differently yeah. versus going and buying a real cheap bottle off the shelf at the liquor mm -hmm. store and, uh, you know, just educating people about those things, because the things that you're saying about using waste products, using the solar fired still, I mean, I think that people are really interested in that and would love to be a part of that. And, and as you know, I mean, with uh, being small and craft, I mean, it's it's about exposure, right? I mean, you know, there's a million cool stories out there that people probably never hear. Yeah. Uh, so for us, it's just trying to to tell that story and then hopefully get them to try the products because once they have a story and they try the products, then that's something that they're going to go and hopefully, you know, pass that on to the other people that they share it with or, you know, have a little more interest in in the overall product and the, and the company. Absolutely. So exposure is everything. Yeah. Yeah. The story gets them in the door and uh -huh. then hopefully you have a really still solid. To, you still have to have a good product. <laughs> you got to have a good product there at the end for them to taste yeah. when they get yeah. there. So. <laughs> so speaking of products, what, what are you guys doing here, Chris? So tell us a bit about the different products you have. So, boy, I think we're up to about eight, eight. Eight products now. We have three vodka products, essentially. We have our newly released Eclipse Vodka, which is our premium standard vodka that is made from cranberries as a base, which is really unique, and it, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And then we have um, uh, Cosmic Cosmo, which is our Eclipse Vodka that we then blend with cranberry uh, concentrate from the base that we use to make the alcohol, and then we add some lemon lime to give it a little zest. And so you essentially have a Cosmopolitan in a bottle. Uh, it's great, just over ice, so people are a big fan of that. And then we have a coffee vodka that we um, make in collaboration with Barracuda Coffee. We use we use some of their cold press to uh, blend with our with our vodka, and uh, that just won a double gold at SIP Northwest competition for flavored vodka. So that was nice. at the highest level you can you know we you know we won that category. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we have two gins. We have a, a London Dry gin, and then a barrel finished gin, kind of a spice gin that we age in barrels for about four months. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have our our brandies. We have a cherry brandy, cranberry brandy, and our grappa brandy, uh, all sourced from uh, local wineries or orchards or you know friends that have fruit basically yeah and so those are all aged for at least a year in, in oak barrels as well and then you have some other products that are resting um that Boy, you'll be releasing yeah. at some point we got quite a few different ones we've got a, an ice wine brandy um a malbec brandy brandy um some more grappa uh, several whiskeys that should be uh, ready in about february so we're just continually trying new things barreling it and letting it sit and waiting for it to come to come to age so we can we can try it out and hopefully expose it to more people as well so the the, the whiskey is the big one that everybody's been asking for yeah. you know since we've opened uh, but it takes at least two years minimum two years of aging and so that's coming coming uh, up here pretty soon so Absolutely. and we're gonna try some later hopefully oh yeah I'd, <laughs> I would enjoy that me too I certainly won't turn that down <laughs> yeah so what were you doing before this and what motivated you to go to the business plan competition in the first place and you know, like how what was that process yeah. like for you? Well, you know, it's kind of me and all my partners are the same way. You know, we're just very entrepreneurial. Uh, we were looking for like an outlet, <clears throat> you know, find other like-minded people. And I, I just had a good friend, Derek Stricker, who uh, <clears throat> who was involved in this startup competition. And he just called me and was like, Lap, you, you got to come to this thing. And I was like, well, what, what is it? And he's like, don't worry, just come, just come to this thing. And uh, so I did. And, and it was kind of life-changing. You know, I met all my partners there and and we've done so many other cool things in the community, started so many other businesses now just from kind of that happenstance, um, you know, meeting of the minds, I guess. Uh -huh. and so uh, 
I didn't have any background in distilling. You know, I used to travel a lot internationally, drank a lot of vodka in Eastern Europe and brandies over there, uh, where they're pretty popular as well. Yeah. And so the idea of, uh, you know, being part of a, a distillery, which is, you know, right here in town, there's really not any other ones in the Tri-Cities, really. So it just seemed like kind of a, you know, there's a big, big trend going. I saw how things were going with wine around here and breweries and and just thought this could be a really cool concept and, and, and be something pretty awesome. So, you know, I'm kind of involved more on the, the sales and marketing side, whereas my other partners each kind of have their role as well, legal, finance, the distiller. Mm-hmm. So we kind of cover our basis without having to have, you know, too many employees doing all those different activities where we kind of all just cover certain aspects of it too as, as owners. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. I, I'm interested in what you said there about how you were in Eastern Europe and, and Central yeah. Europe. And how you got turned on to grappa and, mm-hmm. and different kinds of products because that was one of the things when I was here last that I was really excited about was your was your grappa because I have a and maybe it's misfounded but I have this um, idea that we're pretty limited in our understanding of spirits in America mm-hmm. you know okay I got a hurricane I, I know about rum I might <laughs> yeah, know right. about some whiskey <laughs> but there's this whole uh, spirits culture that's kind of more old yeah. world or uh, continental that we're just not aware of like right. Who knows about grappa? And then to find that you guys were yeah. making it was really cool. It it, it is, and and you know I, I've been to Italy too, and and you know that's big wine there. But you find that that grappa is a huge product there uh, because same thing because they had to find a way to what are we going to do with all this pumice and waste, and they figured out a way to make more alcohol from it. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're over there, I mean they're selling brandy everywhere just like it's normal and uh, popular. But then you come over here, you just don't see it that much. Right. Uh, same with brandy. There's some brandy out there, but yeah, when I was in you know, Bosnia or, or Bulgaria, I mean, that they make tons of brandy out of different, you know, um, fruits over there. And that's, again, one of the main things they'll probably offer and serve you when you're having dinner and whatnot. And so we just thought, man, with, with all of the local resources and fruit available and, and as a means to uh, make more aged spirits, we just thought, man, that this could be killer. And, and the products taste amazing. And so, you know, to be able to, to make these within a year instead of like four or five years like you with whiskey, it really allows us to have some aged products to the market fairly quickly and something different and new that people might find interesting and even maybe some sort of a replacement to whiskey for some because it's it's not that different from whiskey as far as kind of how it tastes for the most part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Dan, why don't, you, why don't you turn it over there on Kobe so we can get Kobe some oh, yeah. some some limelight there on the Facebook Live. There's Kobe over there. Hello, everyone. We'll, uh, Kobe Williamson <laughs> from Microshiner. Yeah. I'll let you guys check him out for a little while. Yeah. Anyways. Thanks. So while you were gone, we wanted to go back through kind of talking about some of the reverse osmosis stuff, some of the different kind of oh, yeah. cool projects we're doing with other folks. So why don't you kind of just run us through some of that real quick? Oh, yeah. So the short of it without being super technical is just that uh, wineries have this byproduct where they wish to lower the ethanol or the alcohol content in their wines um, for balance. Mm -hmm. And to do that, they have this reverse osmosis product process where they run wine over a membrane and they run water the opposite way. And through uh, the magic of osmosis, a little bit of alcohol runs into the water. And then we take that, they call RO water and we still that, from the 6% alcohol to a, to a high proof alcohol. And uh, the ethanol's from grapes and we're able to make a very neutral brandy with that. And sometimes we give that brandy uh, to local wineries to make a fortified red wine. So we're working with um, uh, Scarlet Oak uh, wineries and we're also working with WSU to make their port wine project. And uh, it's really exciting because uh, 
although it's not very traditional, it makes a, a very, a very fine, uh, a lovely uh, a port wine. And so, um, yeah, that Artwell water, you're going to be seeing more of that. Uh, as the seasons get hotter in the vineyard, you end up with grapes that have more sugar. And then, of course, the yeast convert more sugar into more alcohol. And so that usually ends up making wines that are a bit more uh, higher proof uh, than what winemakers desire. So that's... Uh, that's as short as I could make it, I promise. But yeah. The RO wa uh, water projects are are very interesting, and um, it's a great way to take the tax burden from wineries and also make a really lovely grape-neutral spirit uh, for which to use uh, uh, in fortified wines. Yeah, I find that really interesting, and it's one of the remarkable things about um, both the opportunity that you guys have here where you are and also just the the what you're making out of that opportunity because uh, as Chris and I were talking about a little bit earlier it's just a uh, it's so cool what you guys are doing to try to find waste products and make something of them you know he was just talking about how you know in Italy they were making all this wine it was big big wine country and then they were all these wine skins are everywhere what am I going to do with these things so then they figure out well let's make grappa you know and then and you guys are kind of bringing some of that old world mentality of how do we close these loops because I think you mentioned that the wineries literally essentially are paid to get a fine for trying to get rid of this stuff. Oh yeah, it's, uh, there's there's a lot of uh, pay to dispose of these grape skins. And Absolutely. So to get a, uh, to upcycle them for one more use is a is a great uh, a thing, and there are some super premium wineries just right down the street from us. Uh, in fact, across uh, uh, the river from where Solar Spirits is located, you can see a, a, a very large uh, vineyard uh, where we also uh, get some grapes uh, directly. So it's 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 wonderful being located in a place where wine grapes and wheat and cranberries are grown. The great state of Washington is, uh, is, is wonderful for, for products, uh, for fermentation uh, and for beer making and for wine making. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, and we're gonna continue to get cherries locally as well to make our cherry brandy, uh, which I'm very excited about. It's fun to ferment different fruit. And uh, I spent the last three and a half years of my life training to make wine, but uh, grape wine, but uh, learning how to ferment cranberries and also cherries is a, is a really fun opportunity and project. Absolutely. So Danny, you are a student, are you a grad student at WSU? No, I'm, I'm, I'm currently a semester away from completing my undergrad okay. at uh, okay. Washington State University here in the Tri-Cities uh, gotcha. in enology and viticulture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then how'd you get uh, tied into these guys? Well, I had a friend who worked here, uh, also as an apprentice distiller, and uh, he now works for a really lovely winery in Walla Walla. And uh, he told me this job was open and it's about the most fun thing you can do part-time while getting your degree in winemaking. You bet. And uh, so I, I jumped at the chance because it's is because uh, craft stuff where you get to be creative is, is rare and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is that, uh, is that kind of your motivation of getting into the field of study that you're into? Well, they say uh, uh, you do what you love. You never work another day in your life. And I think it's true. I've spent so much time, studying soil science and microbiology and organic chemistry. And uh, whereas I think in the past I might have found those subjects boring, uh, when they all tie into making cool, creative products, it's easy to stay interested. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love what you're saying there, man. That's, that's well said. It's, yeah. uh, it's, you got to find, you know, find what you love and do it. That's for sure. Well, cheers to you for having done so. Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
you guys were telling me before we got going that uh, you were doing a wheat product mm-hmm. and then you switched that up and now you're doing your vodka based from cranberries. Oh, Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about, you know, what uh, what drove you to make that change and just what the cranberry vodka is all about? Oh, sure. So first off, uh, we are going to continue to produce whiskey, uh, which will feature some wheat mm-hmm. uh, uh, portion of that whiskey. However, for the vodka, the wheat... Um, it's, it's a very uh, dense starch that you have to break down via heat or via enzymes, right, one or the other or both, sure. uh, to make uh, your sugary uh, sort of wort. And then you pitch a ferment, and, and uh, that requires a lot of time and energy. And we were using our solar exchange uh, thing to heat our mash tun, and we were doing a lot of the breakdown of the starch enzymatically as well. But the amount of alcohol you get from the sugar in wheat – Proof gallon wise, you know, for the labor, because uh, it's a big cleanup. It makes this sticky sort of oatmeal, uh, just isn't as uh, much as you get from making a cranberry wine. Mm-hmm. And so the cranberry wine is so much more efficient. The pH of the cranberry wine, because it's so low, uh, protects it from other microbial infections. So it's a lot uh, better at being stable uh, until we can put it into the still. And, uh, the flavors end up being uh, really, really clean, and you get that like that little hint of delicious cranberry ester that like, comes over the still and and uh, really smooth. So it's a it's a great base for for the majority of our products, and uh, I think we'll be moving forward with cranberry in the future. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely something that we're going to stay with. So you guys do all this stuff essentially. Um Raw material to the bottle. Yes, sir. So you're, you're not bringing in neutral grain spirits and just adding something to that or? Yes, yeah, most definitely. It's all uh, raw material, local material. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, with the exception of maybe the orange oil that flavors are, you know, or the lime lime peel, the dried lime peel. So there are a few exceptions. But for the majority of our product, it's uh, we try to keep the flavors uh uh, coming from local product. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's something I'm really excited about. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I mean, there's there's such a door opening as far as terroir in America. Mm. Like, you know, on the continent, you know, if you get Bordeaux, it's from Bordeaux, France, right? Right. And it means something. And they're, they're very, they keep their arm around that pretty tight uh, and they don't let you call anything else Bordeaux. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I mean, there's going to be a, a moment here soon where, no, this is this is Washington wheat, or this is Montana wheat, and that's going to mean something. Yeah, and that's pretty exciting. And you guys are in a great place here to have a lot of terroir in your product. It seems. I, I think definitely that's uh, uh, something that in the future is going to be more important as you know markets become uh, a bit more you know saturated with right. uh, producers. And I also love the fact that people are using that word to describe, uh, whereas typically for wine they're using it to describe spirits, a sense of place, terroir is. Uh, Really, really important, uh, and I think that I hope that consumers in the future will kind of look to that uh, as something that's unique and be excited to try something new because it'll encourage producers to make really unique product for them. And uh, as long as they stay open to something new, I think we're going to be uh, uh, we're going to be happy and have that sense of terroir uh, eventually. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Chris was going to tell us a little bit about some of these products here, but uh, since he's engaged, sharing that with some clients. You want to swap? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, the uh, the new product is very exciting. 
Yeah. Exciting. I'll be yeah. right back. Well, we got to leave. We got to leave the Facebook one on on you so we can get those, you know, very natural reactions and responses. You know. You bet. You bet. <laughs> so well, we'll leave it. Uh, so move that around. You ready to get to some tastings? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. So we've got we've got four here on the menu. Um, we've got our Eclipse vodka. Like I mentioned, is our our newly released premium vodka that's made from cranberries as a base, also gluten-free for, for those folks that, you know, like gluten-free products. So that's kind of a cool thing. Our Cosmic Cosmo, which is our cosmopolitan cocktail in a bottle, basically. So if you just want to get to drinking and not messing around making cocktails, you just you just pour this right out of the bottle and on ice and you're good to go. And then we also have um, our cherry and cranberry brandies uh, that we just released as well that have been barrel aged for a year. Oh yeah. Hey Dan, do you remember which one was which one was the Sure, we've got the Which from, one was from, which? Oh, from left to right, yeah. we've got the Eclipse vodka, then the Cosmic Cosmo, yeah. then the cherry brandy, cherry. And the cranberry okay. brandy last. Cherry and cranberry. Okay. Glorious. So, um, so we'll start with the Eclipse vodka and, and for me, you know, we do a lot of comparisons with other vodkas just to kind of really feel where we stand, you know. Absolutely. We, we feel that this is high high premium product, you know, as good as any of the Grey Goose, any of that stuff out there. You know, a lot of smaller distilleries, sometimes it's hard to really get to that high quality point in some of these products, but we've we've done a lot of testing and have a lot of our own little trade secrets and feel like this product is uh, it's up there with any of them. We'll put it up there with anybody. So yeah. And it's, it's not flavored by any means, but there's just a little essence of that cranberry that kind of gives it a little unique... A taste, you know, because a lot of times these vodkas are just so stripped down or so, you know, plain, you, you really get, there's no distinction between, you know, different vodkas. So this one we think uh, gives us just a little distinction from from the, the everybody else. Cool. I'm give it a try. Yeah, give her a sip. You get just kind of a little little creamy, sweet notes when you first taste it. But I, yeah. for me, man, I, it's, it's just, it's good. I love it. So. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I could get used to that. You know, it's it's you can drink it you, you can drink it straight pretty easy. You know, even just on ice, uh, but blends real well with anything in cocktails. So there's, you know, uh, prior to this when we had like our wheat vodka, it had some very unique flavors that caused it to not necessarily blend so well with certain cocktails. Certainly. Uh, but we we found that this one is kind of. Uh, gotten around that in a sense that you know it, it's it's high enough product pure clean enough that you can blend it with anything and it's just going to make that cocktail even better than you know uh, than it would be with some cheaper vodka so you bet well that was one thing that i really got excited about uh when it came to craft and having discovered craft spirits mm -hmm. was that i would never have drank vodka neat ever yeah. in my whole life and yeah. now <laughs> I always yeah. enjoy trying everybody's yeah. vodka. The vodka martini, neat. And sometimes I just get with with something like this. I get like a little uh, lime um, peel that I add in there, and it just adds to it. And it's it's all you need, you know. Yeah. You get away from all those sugars of other other you know pops and things you add to it. So, and and you're no stranger to vodka. Last time I was no. here, you told us a story about uh, how you were working overseas, and uh, <laughs> they basically brought you on as a ringer. To be the yeah. guy that would take the shots with the Russians. Yeah, well, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Ukraine and the, and places over there where it's pretty traditional that every meal and when you have guests, you know, you're sitting around the table with vodka, you know, and there's there's a process to it, there's rules and everything, and 
I was kind of the lead of our team doing that. And so I was obligated to, you know, keep up and be kind of the head of the table with, with their equivalent of me. So that meant that I always had to drink a lot of vodka. And so the, the story goes that when I, when I quit and I told my team I was quitting, the first question asked by one of my partners was, who's going to drink the vodka now? He was scared that he would have to drink all the vodka, you know, and it's, <laughs> he got really used to just me always handling that. And so you bet. I got pretty experienced. I would say I have a pretty high experience level when it comes to drinking vodka from uh, various places and all over the world. So I've tasted the best, the worst, uh, the different, uh-huh. uh, everything in between. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I, f- I feel like, you know, and I'm by, you know, try not to be biased, but, you know, I feel like this is just a very high quality vodka compared to everything I've tried out there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed it for sure. What do we got here? This is this is the Cosmopolitan in a it's kind of a prepackaged cocktail now. So it's thirty percent instead of forty percent alcohol. But if you think about a normal cocktail, when you blend stuff in and add to it, forty percent vodka is going to get reduced way down with all the other stuff in there. So this is kind of a way to again uh, minimize your efforts. You can have a, a cocktail already made. Uh, it's going to always be at that thirty percent minus a little bit from from ice melting but for the most part you're going to get a nice strong cocktail that's still easily drinkable so bottoms up cheers yeah <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's it's just like drinking just like drinking candy almost you know oh yeah <laughs> it's so easy Every, everybody really likes that so i think that's going to be a a popular store seller with just the kind of the again the convenience of being able to take a a product and and just pour it over ice and drink it without having to shake it, but not really feel like you're drinking something straight. You know, it, it, really, it really is just like a blended cocktail. So so I'd like to to talk around that for a mm-hmm. second because um, I just had this conversation with Ryan Montgomery at Montgomery Distillery, and okay. they have a cocktail of sorts. I can't remember mm-hmm. what, what exactly the cocktail was, that they're looking to get into a can, and they had thought about renting a can machine and doing it. Yeah, but, we talked about the canning of that too, just the idea. I mean, you think about you, you get a little four-pack of this, right. take it out on the boat, take it, you know, fishing, whatever. And yeah, yeah, same thing with us. It's just, you know, we have to figure out the, the bottling process, you know, the canning process. You know, we don't have that equipment, but man, it's it's a great idea. I mean, we're, we're again, this is something I think we can really market that could be a, you know, a pretty, we, we could really get it out there to a mass of people and it'd be highly popular, we think. So Ryan's concern was for, for him in Montana was that it would have to be sold at the liquor store. Mm-hmm. We could talk about what what that looks like here in Washington here in a moment, but that was his big concern why he wasn't going to jump into it because who go who on the way to the river to go recreate yeah. swings by the liquor store really yeah. um, you know you pop in at the convenience store to get your gas and you get your beef jerky and, yeah. and some sunscreen, but you can't get you would not be able to get that product he was talking right. about making here in Washington are are you able to buy spirits at the store or where are you guys you can buy spirits at grocery stores which makes it convenient. One thing we haven't looked into it too much. This is just kind of a new, a new idea with having this product being new too and figuring out different ways to market it. But you know, there's always you know, we could we could always blend it down so the alcohol level is less. You know, having having it more on more on the same page as like a, a wine, maybe a 14, 15 percent alcohol. You know, that way it's not maybe so dangerous to go drink in the sun all day. Right. You know, where it's so it's a little less alcohol. So there's so there's that idea. But but yeah, you can you can buy beer, liquor, wine at the grocery stores here in Washington, which makes it convenient because they're not all separated. You know, they used to be state-run liquor stores here. Right. So they did away with the state-run liquor stores, and so now as long as you have a certain square footage, you know, like a, a grocery store, just, they had to have a certain square footage to be able to sell liquor, but they can. I so see. I Costco, see. you know. Walmart, Winco, all of them, you know, sell liquor here now. Well, talking about route to market for a moment, can you guys ship? 
Is it- yeah, we ship. We can uh, we can sell. You can buy our products online through our website. Outstanding. So if you're not in state or not in town, you can you know if you come here and taste something, and or you just want to have some gifts shipped, uh, you can definitely do that through our website, SolarSpirits.com. There are certain states that we're not allowed to ship to, though. Unfortunately, I think there's right. right. We, we list those on our website, but but other than that, you know, you can put in an order online. There's just a little extra cost for the shipping. We box it up here and we'll ship it out for you, and you know, everybody's happy. Yeah. So it works out pretty good. So yeah, we're, I love we're, that. that's one area we're really looking to increase our online sales, um, just as a as a means to, you know, not always having to use a distributor, not having to worry about people going to stores. You know, if they just want that convenience, then we're happy to. Help take care of it. I mean, we're not delivering in drones or anything yet, but you know, still yeah. just stay come tuned. Mail and yeah, stay tuned. Give it a give it a few days, like any standard uh, uh, mail shipping, and you're good to go. Well, that's something I'm super excited about. I I see that uh, kind of as the future, and I I just promote it any chance I get. Yeah, you know, buy your spirits from Solar Spirits. Yeah, just hit these guys up. Come into the tasting room. Eventually. Hit them up online. Order it like that. Uh, that way, it's money in their pocket. They can invest that capital into more products, more cool things. Um, th- that's where that's where we need to take this, I feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like anything, you know, to really get out there, you have to work with distributors and, you know, multi-state type stuff. And you know, obviously, you know, we, we lose margin in regards to that just because you have to bring in other people to do that stuff. And, you know, we're not set up to be a big distributor personally or, you know, ourselves. So, you know, we still do that. But, I mean, anytime we can have that personal interaction with people uh, or, you know, they want to just buy stuff directly from us, I mean, it's always preferred. So, yeah, good thinking. Absolutely. <laughs> what else do we got here? Okay, so I believe this was the cranberry. I think this is the cherry. Is it the cherry? Dan, I forgot again. Dan. Hey, Dan. Was it cherry, then cranberry? Okay, there we go. All right, we got it. Cherry. So these cherries, uh, good friend Jason Slagle, you know, has a has a farming company where they manage a lot of orchards, and so he was kind enough to, kind enough to give us some some cherries to to try out. So this was the first brandy we made from some locally sourced cherries. So very cool. So give it a small little sip there and see what you think. Oh yeah, I love that. Isn't that good? Oh yeah, you know, such a big fan of the brandies. Brandy's again. It's one of those. It's one of those undervalued spirits that people just haven't really tried. So, you know, in my opinion, if if, if you're a whiskey drinker, if you like aged spirits, and again, I mean, just like anything, not all brandy's gonna be good from every place. But man, I'm I'm a big fan of ours, and I think there's some real, some real quality there that people are really gonna like once they give it a shot. Yeah. So. Come, well, come down and try some brandy from Solar Spirits, that's for sure. <laughs> so, again, we barrel age it for a year. Uh, we use different types of barrels. We use some uh, used wine French oak barrels, and it kind of adds some nice, like Dan was probably saying, some nice coloring and a little additional flavor that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get from just the actual normal distillation process. So it's some of those kind of secret, you know, trade secrets that we that we have for our brandies. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got a, such an opportunity for brandy here, being in wine country, having the barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good being able to make those connections with the wineries and and do those things and you know one of the things i think that a lot of spirits such as yourselves or or producers that are making spirits such as yourselves the the struggle the hurdle that we need to get over in america is there just isn't the culture Mm -hmm. around drinking spirits as part of dinner yeah there's not it I just mean, isn't there, and, we, and so we're here to help try to build that. That's, it's that's there, what we're again. To do. That's that's where I got all my experience. You know, dinners, lunches didn't matter. I mean, that was just uh, an integral part of your of your, you know, developing relationships, doing business, eating your food. You know, there'd be a lot of times I'd be at dinner in Ukraine, and I'd have, 
my tall liter of beer next to my wine, next to my shot glass of vodka. And then, then also part of the process, culture, they have a, a designated person at the table who continually just goes around and just will refill up your, <laughs> so you never have an empty glass either. And so they had just have cool cultures right, built around that stuff. And, um, I, you know, we're, we're, we're getting that culture now with, with, uh, in the wine and, and the, in the, the beer industry, I think, you know, they've been going long enough that people have started kind of developing culture and, you know, uh, again, doing, doing activities based around it and including it stuff. So I think this is just kind of like the next step, knowing that it's already happened in other places. It's just a matter of people doing it, getting educated because most people with wine, it's just, they, once they feel educated enough, now again, they want they want to include that. They want to talk about it. They want to share it with their friends. And so yeah. that's why I, one of our biggest things is just educating people, Absolutely. you know, talking about our products. And again, so now they know something they're connected to it. So when they're sharing it with their family and friends, they can also talk about it and right. makes them look cool. And you know, they know what they're talking about and yeah. educated. So yeah, spread yeah, the word. It just takes a few years, you know, yeah. For no, I think of, we're moving there. You know, organically kind of spread like that. And I think, especially with like brandies, I mean, you can, you can pair it with different things because it's made from different fruits, you know. So, you know, it'll have this will mix better with, you know, some sort of a duck or something, you know, and you can start pairing it with different meals. And, and I think restaurants really pick up on that too, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's another place where I just think uh, you guys in the crafts, the craft scene, you know, in that, mm-hmm. that craft realm are just pushing mm-hmm. things forward yeah. here in America so much yeah. quicker. I mean, we went years and years and decades without having any of that culture or no, any, anybody knowing about how to yeah. drink brandy. Um, and now all of a sudden you guys are in the, in here changing the game completely. It's all, I mean, my hat's are off. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, we had for our launch event a few weeks ago, we brought in uh, some of our friends. They're called Doggy Style Gourmet. They make, you know, gourmet hot dogs. Oh, sure. Um, but my friend Tanner is a, a pretty accomplished chef. And so, you know, they make a lot of different kind of, toppings and different things that they add to these you know that's why it's the the gourmet part of it and they use some of our brandies sauteing some of their onions and doing different things so when they were serving their dogs it was also made you know with with some of our brandies in there so that's just a a cool thing to do you know you can can, can cook with it right Right. a lot of people cook with branding so oh yeah another cool thing you can do with it yeah well it's great and so this is cherry where do you get the cherries from uh just uh i think the orchard just uh a little ways out of town here towards Yakima. Uh, and again, my good friend Jason Slegel was kind enough to bring us a few crates of this and, and let us try it out, and yeah, it worked out great. So it was some of their end-of-year end products that they weren't going to be able to get into stores just because if they were either cracked or whatever. And so, again, just taking stuff that otherwise maybe just the birds would eat and get wasted, and, you know, we were able to turn it into a cool product and, and you know, not let things go to waste, right? So Absolutely. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, totally. So now onto the cranberry. Got, yeah, one more. So this is cranberry that we get from the west side of the state. And that's what we use. This cranberry is what we use as a base for our Eclipse vodka. Mm-hmm. So we just then uh, take take those raw cranberries or whatever and turn it into brandy. So just another way it's you know tied in with our other products. Just another way of using the same products we're already using. Oh, man. So it's, it's similar, but there's definitely a little different taste to it. It's yeah. got kind of a little richer spice taste to it almost. Oh, yeah. It's kind yeah. of the best way I can describe it. But Yeah, I'm no, uh, I'm no som- sommelier. Or <laughs> sommelier. Sommelier. There you are. Thank you. <laughs> Me either. I just know the word. That's right. <laughs> I've, seen the, I've seen the documentary. <laughs> but it, uh, right on the front, on the leading edge of it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's got a lot, something a lot different than yep. the, the cherry brandy. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's one of the cool things. It's, so if you, if you like the brandies, I mean, it's going to be similar. It has the same kind of 
feel and base taste, but yeah, you can get some of that differences by using the different fruits. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the fact that you guys are doing brandy and, and there's a lot of folks out there that are, are starting to move into the brandy space because I was at the liquor store. I, ha I got a cold this last week yeah. and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get me some brandy and uh, a little honey and a little yeah. lemon and, yeah. and there you go. instead of NyQuil, you know, I'm going to do that. <laughs> right. And I go to the store and I'm hoping that maybe there's going to be some craft or local uh -huh. Randy there on the shelf and no it was uh that sucks yeah it was well now you got to get you some just to have around absolutely uh, another cool thing we've been doing with this for winter drinks is we just added to cocoa and it's it's really good in some cocoa actually so just another use for it oh wonderful yeah another story from ukraine uh, we had a guy that was sick one day and you know they're getting out the vodka because that's what you do and he was like i'm, I'm not feeling good no more vodka and they're like oh well, no problem you know and so they just got out some cognac and brandy and and he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I just really don't want to drink. But she's like, I'm look, I'm the head doctor here at this hospital. Right. I'm telling you, this is what you need. And, <laughs> and he's drinking. And he's like, holy shit, I actually feel like better after drinking that. It, it kind of yeah. cleaned him up a little bit. Right. So, you know, right. it's medicinal uses. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said all week. I said, it, it's medicinal, honey. It's medicinal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, any excuse to, you know, offset the <laughs> overabundance of drinking we do around here. But, you know, it's 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 either... For educational purposes, for quality assurance, for you know, there's a you can go on forever. Why? Yeah. Why you got to keep drinking more and more and more? <laughs> you betcha. You betcha. <laughs> I always like to uh, ask, you know, what what do you think really is what sets Solar Spirits apart from from all the rest? I mean, you walk into the liquor store, mm -hmm. there's just a raft of bottles. I saw yeah. this uh, article about the liquor. It's a three tier state in in New Hampshire, and they run their own liquor stores, mm -hmm. kind of like you're saying, yep. state run. And they showed this new liquor store they made that it's like a Walmart. I yeah. mean, it's huge. Yeah. What about Solar Spirits on the on the shelf is setting you guys apart there? You know, uh, we have a few different things. Uh, starting off new, you know, at first it was, it was it was our story. The story was cool. You know, that's what got people interested. And then that past the story, you know, then it's the the whole soul integration part and that it's not just for kind of lip service, you know, we're truly trying to create, you know, products that we could even possibly sell to other distilleries by means of, of solar equipment. But, but now, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident and honest saying that it's just the quality of the products, you know, it's, again, it's taken four years to get to that point where, you know, our chief distiller who's out here, Jim, that's who walked in, mm -hmm. you know, just spent countless hours, just, just trying, correcting and, you know, coming up with new, processes to try and make things better and so now i mean you know we've relaunched we've got these new bottles with new labels uh, that kind of give it a, a much higher end feel something that you know we feel is kind of a almost kind of a com commercial grade brand so to speak so that way you know when you're looking on the shelf you look at it and you don't question if it's good or not because of how it looks we think it looks good yeah um, but but truly the the products themselves the quality i think now as long as people you know hear about us and and willing to try it um, again, we're, you know, pretty happy putting ourselves up against about anybody else, you know, apples to apples, you know, vodka versus vodka or For sure. brandy versus brandy. And I think that's, and ultimately that's, that should be the calling card of a, a good distillery is their product. So it just took a while to get there, but I think we're there now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like the new rebranding. I got to say, um, yeah. I, I'm kind of into that kind of look it's myself so and it really, and yeah, it just jumps out at you. And I think it's, uh, it's going to kind of pop off the shelf. So. Yeah. Nicely done. Just get you a little little view there for everybody yeah. to see. Okay. Spin that around. Get the other let the other folks see what the new brandy bottles look like. Absolutely. Cherry and cranberry, guys. Come get you some. It's tasty. Anything else you want to share with uh, the MicroShiner audience oh. before we step on out? Well, not really. We're located in Richland, Washington. 
can find us, follow us on any social media. We have a very, very active social media. So lots of fun stuff to always see and check out. Again, you can go to solarspirits.com. You can purchase our stuff as long as you're in a state that, you know, Washington's allowed to ship to. If you're ever in town, come on by. We're open on Fridays and Saturdays. Or just shoot me a message if you have a group and want to come on an off day. We could probably accommodate you there, too. Usually somebody's here producing something. We just don't always have the tasting open. But we're always happy to, you know, entertain folks that are interested in coming to try. Especially when this time of year when it's people are traveling and they're in town and they just want to come try some. It's, you know, tours you got... Tours are free. Yeah, tours are free. Uh, tasting's free. You can come in and try uh, four spirits for free and uh, hopefully find one you like to buy. Well, I sure appreciate you guys having me. It's been great. Uh, I love what you guys are doing here, and I'm yeah. a big fan. Well, thank you too, Kobe. Yeah. Thanks, Kobe. This has been Life Distilled. Join us again next time as we bring you more from the world of craft spirits and small batch lifestyle. Until then, be sure to visit us at microshiner.com 